0: Welcome to the RE & Friends Podcast, a Red Max Events audio experience. Hosted by Brandon Havrilla, owner of Red Max Events. Thank you for checking out our podcast where we bring in event industry professionals to discuss current events, share their knowledge, and explore ideas. Follow Brandon Havrilla on his entrepreneurial journey on Instagram at Brandon Havrilla. And see what Red Max events is up to by following at Max underscore
1: events. And now
0: it's the episode you've all been waiting
1: for. Hey guys, welcome back to the Are and Friends podcast. I'm your host Brandon Havrilla. Today I have the famous Ben Stowe with me. <laughs> How's that for an introduction?
0: <laughs> that's good. That was probably probably generous, I think. But thanks, I'll, I'll take it. So
1: generous. Well, then, for those who might not know you, who are listening to this podcast, can you tell us a little bit of who you are, who you work for, and kind of how you got started in this crazy industry that we all work in?
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, well, I'm a Scorpio. I like long walks on the beach. Uh, oh, maybe that's wrong. A, yeah, a, wrong type of yeah, podcast. Yeah, it's not a, not a dating <laughs> podcast. Uh, yeah, we, uh, are, we, we do have beaches here in Minnesota, by the way, uh, they just are still covered in snow. So, um, <laughs> walks on the beach are not that great. Uh, so, um, well, as you said, you know, my name is Ben and, and, uh, I work for a company called NLFX, uh, which is a supplier of sound, lighting, video, and communications equipment to, uh, industry professionals, uh, primarily in the United States, but we do, uh, we do serve some clients in Europe and Asia. Um, I kind of got into the industry a bit by accident, uh. It's a long and winding story. Uh, how long is the podcast? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, about forty uh, minutes.
0: Uh, oh, good. I could probably I could probably get it done in forty minutes. <laughs> there you go. You know, long and short of it, I, I really wasn't considering a career in this industry. And uh, through a kind of a situation of weird circumstances, uh, found myself uh, living in a homeless shelter uh, and falling back on an electronics background. I had always kind of enjoyed electronics, uh, not necessarily vocationally. Um, and it's kind of a, a cool story. Uh, when I was a, a kid, we had a neighbor who ran a TV repair shop out of his house and, and, uh, w- we became very close to the neighbors, I actually called them grandma and grandpa, even though they weren't related. <laughs> and so I kind of grew up in this TV repair shop and, and, uh, kind of fell back on that at this time. Uh, I was still in high school when I ended up, uh, in a homeless shelter and, uh, I was taking electronics in high school, frankly, just to get an easy A, you know, I mean, I I wasn't really interested in a career in it. But I I had basically, you know, from growing up in this repair shop, I knew I could just kind of walk through the class and sort of pad my GPA, you know, kind of literally do it in my sleep thing. I think that's relatable to every high school kid. (laughs) Uh, And and now it's funny, I have a son in high school, and I'm trying to figure out how to keep him from sleeping through class, but (laughs) Uh, so, you know, when I found myself in this, in this crazy situation where I, you know, uh, was suddenly trying to, you know, pay my own bills and, and, and that sort of thing, uh, I started making devices, uh, in the electronic shop. I would etch the circuit boards, uh, and, and drill the holes and mount the, you know, through hole components. And simply, as simply the, the entire assembly process for manufacturing of things like strobe lights and, and color organs and, uh, you know, sirens and weird things that, you know, my friends wanted and I would sell them. And so the, sort of the weird summary of that is I kind of got into it as a manufacturer of sorts. Um, but it was uh, in the process, I began to realize um, that I couldn't make everything people wanted. And there were uh, some great companies that were making products that they could. And so we began to distribute these products, uh, which uh, launched where we're at today. Awesome. So again, like I said, kind of a long and winding trail, but it was uh, it was purely accidental. It was 26 years ago.
1: Right. So you mentioned that NLFX pro um, ships and stuff mostly to the U.S. Do you guys have a physical store as well or is it just an online store?
0: No, we do. We have a we have a physical store. We have a showroom. Uh, we have a, a small we call it a campus, uh, which is a bit of an overreach. But uh, we have uh, we have three buildings in the industrial park, uh, you know, that facilitate our uh We're still very much involved in engineering and service, and we do a lot of custom things. uh, You know, still still making things to suit individual needs. Uh, And then, of course, we have our warehouse and we have our showroom, so we do have a physical store. Yeah,
1: sure. So I'm sure we're all a little tired of talking about you know what's going on right now, but um, just briefly, is that you find that affecting um, what you guys are doing? Do you guys find people buying more equipment since they have the time? Yeah,
0: it's it's affecting everybody in every industry in one way or another. Uh, you know, uh, even the food chain, for example. You know, you have a certain amount of food that's being produced, and uh, that historically went, you know, one part to restaurants and one part to grocery stores. And of course, restaurants, by and large, are completely shut down. So that food chain has to be diverted, and we're seeing the same thing in the pro audio and lighting world. Uh, you know, people have less need for stadium PA right now because we can't put a hundred thousand people in a stadium right now, uh, you know, and those projects are kind of on hold, uh, but streaming is a really hot topic, of course. Uh, so, yeah, I think, you know, we're we're seeing some things significantly reduced and some things, uh, I mean, I think, you know, Black Magic, for example, we've sold more Black right. Magic in the last two weeks than we probably did in the previous two years, you know? Yeah. Uh, in a magnitude where basically nobody has any idea what they really have in stock anymore—not us, not the manufacturers—it's just—it's—it's it's changing so fast. You know, customers say, "Is this in stock right now?" And I say, "I'm not even going to answer the question."
1: You know, <laughs> and I think it's important for, um, you know, us as consumers too to understand, like like what you just said that no one really knows what's going on and what's in stock and everything like that. Cause I know I've heard people that are flipping out and they're like, I ordered this on Amazon prime and it's good. It says it's going to be here next week and not two days, you know? And it's like, yeah, but the world is like upside down right now. Like, you know, your two day shipping is not two day shipping right now. Get over it. You know?
0: No, it's absolutely upside down. And, and, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, my heart really goes out to the delivery people, postal, FedEx, yep. UPS. Uh, I mean, they're under a the crush essential load orders. as well. Right. Uh, absolutely. All the essential. Well, absolutely all of them. But, um, you know, because uh, it because it's not normal for anybody, you know, even our warehouse guys, you know, are, are you know, staying six feet away from each other and sanitizing surfaces. And right. so the entire workflow of taking, in order and packing it and getting it out the door is, is disrupted. And I'm actually really proud. Our team is doing, a, a, they are rocking. We are getting almost 99% of stuff out same day. That's awesome. Uh, which it is. It really is. Uh, might be better than we did before. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I think, you know, there's that's due to a concerted effort of some really good people that are that are trying. And and that's the thing to remember. When you look online in a tracking number, you see a number and you see a, a status for a package. But behind that are real people, people that are carrying that package, people that are right. loading and unloading trucks. So you're you're 100 percent right, Brandon. Um, and
1: and, and trucks, too. I mean, just on, on the on the average day too, trucks that are driving and could, you know, God forbid, get in an accident or a flat tire and, and like anything could hold this stuff up, you know.
0: Oh, yeah, the world still still goes on, and so i I, I want to send a shout out, I think, to the kind people, you know the the people that recognize that uh this isn't just happening to you it's it's happening to literally everybody. Right. Uh, and so uh, I understand we're all a little bit frayed, we're all a little bit frustrated, uh but if we are kind to each other and we are gracious with each other, that's going to make it easier for everybody.
1: Definitely. So,
0: yeah, don't flip out about your tracking number. Don't flip out about stock situation. You know, don't flip out about anything, you know, yep. if, if you can help it. And I understand we all need an outlet, right?
1: But, yeah. but don't pick other good. people the outlet. Yeah, exactly. And one thing that's good, too, is just get rid of your expectations, right? Like, you know, I just ordered some some podcasting equipment from you. So if I get rid of my expectation that I'm even going to get that equipment for six months, it'll be a pleasant surprise when it arrives tomorrow, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's you like know, that's something to think about, too.
0: So interesting. You said that because I just watched a TV show last night called a hundred humans. And it's an interesting uh, study about us, you know, and, (laughs) and our marketing director says, beware of research because people make terrible Guinea pigs. But, uh, but this is really fascinating. The episode I watched last night was exactly on that was on expectation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and basically that was the, uh, psychiatrist or psychologist. I'm not sure which it was in the show, but that was their advice is go in with low expectations, whether it's a date or a restaurant or, you know, whatever. And and you're going to be a happier person.
1: That's, that's what I've, I mean, as a business owner too, I've kind of adapted that and I still work every day to, you know, um, take that on even more but it's it's an important thing especially as a business owner because you or a manager or whatever your position is because the people below you are never going to love what you do as much as you do they're never going to want to put as much time in or you know put as much effort or protect your equipment if you're a dj company whatever it is and one of those you know you you can get very frustrated with that easily and take it out on them and that doesn't make for a good culture or you know a good relationship at all and it's important if you get rid of those expectations then when they do treat your equipment nice and they carefully put it in the case, it's like a pleasant surprise. You're like, oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, so it's well, uh, an in the interesting same episode.
0: Concept. In the same episode, uh, one of the other things they found out was that people are more productive when they're having fun than if they are afraid. Right. So, uh, you know, to that point, uh, you know, managing those expectations is important, of course, uh, as is, you know, helping people understand what's expected of them uh, and what those objectives are and how they meet it. But at the same time, if you are constantly, you know, threatening uh, disciplinary action or, you know, using fearful tactics, um, people will not be as productive, particularly creative people, which a lot of our industry is. You begin to stifle creativity. So I guess it's an interesting show. You should check it out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That sounds very interesting. Exactly what I'm talking about, too. So I definitely uh, will need to look into that and not to go too much off topic before we get into our main topic. But um, you know, a side note, too, like you were talking about instilling fear in, you know, especially employees and stuff like that, too. I mean, I've had one of my guys was it took a van into the city with some of our acrylic staging. And I had on the pack list just enough acrylic tops that we needed because I was like, you know what? He needs 12 of these 10 of these, whatever. I had just enough on the pack list. Um, so I was expecting him, to be honest, to pack those 12. Um, he, I get a call from him on the job and he goes hey so bad news and good news which one do you want first i go i'll take the bad news i love getting bad news like i I just put out fires all day let me have it so then he goes (laughs) because i'm on long island i'm an hour away he goes all right bad news he goes i broke one of the acrylic tops i go oh shit good news go ahead (laughs) he goes good news is i packed extras i'm like all right sweet talk to you later hung up because i was at a different job and then um Later, he's like, "Dude, I'm so sorry. Like, I'll, I'll pay for it. Blah blah blah." And you know, one of those things was like, I turned around and I was like, "Honestly, I don't want you to pay for it." I was like, "I'll, you know, we'll order the material, we'll cut a new one. Not a big deal. Like, I'll take the hit. Like, I appreciate." more that you a thought to bring an extra and B called me right away to let me know what was going on, then tried to like hide it and, you know, just packed enough or whatever it was. So it's like one of those things too, where if, if I flipped out and was like, dude, you owe me money for that, blah, blah, blah. And you instill that fear. They're going to be like, I'm going to go work somewhere else, you know? <laughs> right.
0: Exactly. So, yep. Exactly.
1: Awesome. Well, to get into our main topic, which I want to talk about was, you know, the importance of having good Audio and good sound for both an event, and then like you touched upon, right now everyone is is streaming. Um, everyone from people, you know, corporate offices and stuff that are just doing virtual meetings and webinars, and schools that are doing online classes, um, to you know our DJ industry who is uh, playing copyrighted music on platforms and getting mad that it's getting taken down. But that's <laughs> another story. Um, so. Sure is the importance of good audio, I guess, let's dive into streaming first with, you know, today, what, and what's going on. Um, what, how do you feel about the situation in terms of having, you know, good audio, especially when you're streaming online to, you know, in some cases, thousands of people?
0: Well, certainly audio affects the overall experience, you know, completely. And, uh, as as you know, maybe your listeners don't, you know, I, one of the things that I've done for the last two decades is teach audio classes. And I've been very fortunate that, that I've been able to uh, share my passion of the industry that adopted me. Uh, and, and you know, and and I've, and I've had the really good fortune professionally, of course, now to, you know, to work with and tour with uh, Grammy winners and rock and roll Hall of Famers and Country Music Hall of Famers and and work at some of the highest levels. And so to share that with people who also want to uh, achieve that level Um, is is really rewarding to me. And one of the things that I talk about in these pro audio classes is there are three rules of audio. Uh, Rule number one is make sound. Rule number two is continue to make sound. And rule number three is when possible, make good sound. So uh, I think if we think about it in that context, obviously streaming something is better than streaming nothing. And having your stream continue is better than not having it continue. But the, the objective should be to always do all three. We want to make good sound because does impact um, the overall product. You know, right. uh, it's, it's, it's all part and parcel. Uh, our brain is uh, in, interpreting this data that it receives from the transducers in our head, which are our ears, and is trying to make sense of that. And, uh, you know, an example that I use is the difference between listening and hearing. So if I say something and you don't understand it right away, uh, a while later, you may understand it without having heard it again. You know, it's not that you're playing the audio over and over again until you say, what did he say? Mm -hmm. But your brain basically figures it out. And, and, and it's, it's tremendously capable of doing that, particularly given context and clues, but it takes horsepower to do that. It takes processing power in your brain to do that. And so if your brain is constantly having to do that, you're going to get fatigued and you're not going to enjoy the experience. And, and, you know, it's just not, you're no longer really, uh, in the music at that point. You're just trying (laughs) to figure out what's going on, you know? Yeah. So, so I think it's really important. I think there are, there are, um, you know, probably, uh, you know, degrees of importance. Uh, certainly when you go to a concert and you pay a lot of money for a ticket, you have a high level of expectation. And those of us that are mixing, you know, concerts, we know we have to meet that, uh, both with our abilities and with the equipment that's provided in a stream, you're somewhat, uh, handicapped by the, uh, by the, the mechanisms themselves. The audio is compressed and it's being sent over the internet. Uh, and these mechanisms that, uh, you know, in, in fact, even the one we're using right now uh, to get my audio to you from Minnesota to New York, uh, it's, you know, being compressed and sent
1: over a network of ones and zeros, and then, you know, <laughs> interpreted on the other end. Exactly. Yeah, we've heard some, some of those ones and zeros in other episodes as well, you know, the <laughs> internet connections, not so stable. And that's, right. you know, technology, but we're doing the best we can with, uh, you know, what we've got to in this day and age, not being able to bring people you know to a physical location to record um and everything like that and it's been very you know interesting to see all the different i guess levels of professionalism or quality that are out there you've got people you know who are just playing music out of a speaker and like you said like that's awesome like you want to it's better than you know not being up on a stream uh, and you are getting out there and being in front of people um and then you've got, I mean, I don't know. The other night, I, I counted like 75 DJs of my friends that were live at one point. So um, I didn't get a chance to tune into all of them. But skipping <laughs> through a few, some of them, you know, I've got these crazy OBS setups with like six different cameras. Jason Janai had like a film crew there with him. He had like an overhead crane. He had, you know, like some crazy stuff. Um, and then there's, you know, he's a professional audio. engineer, right? His yeah. background is engineering. Yeah, so exactly. I,
0: he's, he's one of my nerd peeps. I don't think he likes me telling people that, but I, yeah, I love Janai. <laughs> Uh, not because go. he's a
1: very talented DJ. He is a very talented DJ, but that's not why I love him. I love him because he's a nerd. So. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, so in terms of streaming and and not just the DJ and music side too, um, which is obviously important, but even just like what we're doing now, um, schools that are doing webinars. I mean, if if a teacher is hard to hear or understand through the computer, the teachers, are, I mean, the students aren't going to be learning as easily, or like you said, they'll be getting distracted or not be able to process everything. Um, um, right away, and I think it's very um, important with that said if if it's something that you don't already have like a nice mic, um, is this stuff still even available? Uh, I know you can't really oh, yeah. say stock, but I know a lot of people are saying like the streaming equipment's out everywhere.
0: <laughs> well, we've actually been uh, I mean we've been really good about getting it um, getting it shipped. you know it's right. I mean, the manufacturers really get the credit for that. And we started building some solutions for people too, uh, but so far, yeah, uh, surprisingly, we're we're able to keep up with demand for the most part. Uh, you maybe won't get the exact thing you wanted the first time, but there are things, you know. Right. Uh, so our, you know, our friends at Personas uh, have done a great job of keeping up with demand, and I really like their studio interfaces, their little Studio Two Four Two yep. Six Six Eight. Uh, yeah. You know, and so far, I keep waiting for us to bottom out uh, supply, but they've, uh, they've, they've uh, definitely risen to the challenge. And awesome. exactly to your point, yeah, if the audio is bad, it, it it takes away from, you know, what the purpose of the thing is, if it's learning or ed- entertainment or right. whatever it is, uh, my own church, uh, you know, I, we've struggled with that. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I finally kind of had to just have kind of a, uh, a real heart to heart with my pastor you know and say look you have a touring audio engineer in your congregation let me help you he's a very smart guy and he's kind of a tech nerd but he's doing the trial and error thing and I finally said dude time out I said I can't take it anymore you know
1: <laughs> <laughs> just
0: let me help you and you know uh, right. thankfully the Easter service was great so I and I, and I even awesome. texted him I said audio was great thank you for
1: <laughs> just giving yeah, me Yeah and I see minutes. a lot of people um other even uh, I think I don't know if you know, John Simmons, um, DJ Wu mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I know he My just guy. did an outdoor church thing as well for him. And and he was doing the event. He was doing the audio for them for their streaming service. So there were no people there, but um, they were streaming it outside. And he had you know his audio rig there, too. So that's another avenue, not only for having good audio and streaming, but actually a, a stream of income for people in this industry as well.
0: Well, absolutely. Uh, and and of course, income is important. Uh, but even if you're not doing it for income, I think it's it's really good psychologically. Uh, you know, I, uh, uh, one of the things people don't know about me is that I did work as a DJ for 15 years. Uh, and and I really did enjoy that time. And and uh, it's, uh, you know, kind of now in my history, not my present, you know,
1: Uh yeah. I was going to say 15 I, years. That's probably what caused you to hate it now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't hate it. I just don't do it. You know, I think it's, I, I have a lot of love and admiration for my friends that are DJs. No, 100%. I, I, I just, you know, you know, I knew it was time to hang up the headphones and I knew that I could serve the industry better doing what I'm doing, but I'd, but I do still tour and I do still mix live sound. And so, mm-hmm. you know, where everybody's going out and, uh, you know, doing these live sets, I think they're it's a wonderful thing that they're doing for the listeners, but I think they're also doing it for themselves, even though there's no income involved in that. Right. It is therapeutic, it's cathartic. And, and I found myself pulling up some multi-track recordings I had pulled during live shows and festivals and just uh, kind of re- mixing them, you know, here at home, just to sort of relive that, that experience. And I thought, yeah, I totally get it. I, I, this is good therapy for me because this is what we do. And, and we do this a lot of us because it's a passion. Certainly it can be a rewarding career. Uh, and, and, you know, DJing absolutely is a legitimate career and a job, but we're fortunate that we can have a legitimate career that also is a passion.
1: Yeah. And fun too, sometimes.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, I, you you know, I,
1: I had a blast for most of the years that
0: I did it. And and I think it just, you know, I did primarily weddings and and, uh, it came a point near the end where I felt like I wasn't uh, as into it as I should be for the couples. And I felt that wasn't fair to them. And I I knew there were other DJs that would better serve them. And I said, it's time for me to transition to a different role in the industry.
1: Awesome. And so you mentioned that um, obviously you're, you know, still in the industry and you do live sound and stuff like that and i think that's an awesome point too for the listeners who um do shop at nlfx or don't but they will be after they listen to this podcast we sure Um, hope so there's you know great customer support and I mean they could just like message you or email you and that kind of thing and ask questions about Pro Audio and you're getting answers from somebody that actually uses this gear and has experience with it um, which I think is huge versus not to name names but a store you go into and you know it's a high school kid that doesn't know much about it but he's trying to sell you a mic that makes him you know the most commission or whatever it is so.
0: Yeah. So I can tell you this, two things about us. Uh, one is probably somewhat proprietary and maybe I shouldn't tell you, but nobody is paid to commission on margin. So literally nobody at NLFX is incentivized to make you pay more. That is mm-hmm. just not at all part of our, our compensation structure. Uh, and two, yeah, and it's not just me. I'm really lucky. I love the people I get. To no, yeah, work you with. have a great Thank team. Me. Thank you. I, I, frankly, I miss them. And I see them every morning on a Zoom call, uh, but it's not the same. And I, and I really miss, uh, you know, being with our crew because we've got several people who have tour experience as uh, technicians or engineers, lighting designers, uh, front of house people. Uh, we have a guy in our showroom who played guitar for 20 years on tour, uh, you know, and uh, he's not famous, but he worked with a lot of famous people and he has a tremendous chops. And so when people say, you know, I'm looking for a, you know, a set of strings, you know, it's like he, he, he could talk for two hours on a set of strings, right? Right. you know, uh, and, and more importantly than having people who are deeply passionate about the, the technology, we have some really great people, just really good people. And I love that. I love that we have hardworking, high character people. Uh, and if you have to find yourself, in a challenge like we all do right now, if you have to find yourself in a spot like the world is in at this particular moment, uh, I couldn't think of a better team to be in it with. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I feel lucky about that. And, and I really look forward to Brandon, I just want to end with this uh, for that line of thought is someday this podcast will be history. Someday this will be a document uh, of right. the moment. You know, this is the footage, the archival footage of what we're experiencing in a time because this will be behind us someday. Right. This will be history, and will and, and future generations will read about it and study it. And this is our chance to put our imprint on history right now. So fun to share that.
1: Definitely. No, it's an interesting point too. And um, it's funny because almost obviously with what's going on, almost every episode we've touched upon, you know, what's going on, how it's affecting us and this and that. And I think about it too, because I'm like, you know, that's my thing too, is once I get back and and we're doing events, I mean, I'm not going to have time to put out, you know, two episodes a week. I won't even probably have time to put out one episode a month. And um, it's like one of those things where I was like, I want to build up a a database of maybe a hundred shows over the next month or two, however long this lasts. Um, And then people go back and listen to them to learn content and stuff and these people are going to be listening to you know history like it's a war story and they're going to be like all right i just want to hear about audio you know well it's interesting because you know i
0: i love history and i watch a lot of you know documentaries and that sort of thing and we look at things like the great depression uh which my grandparents uh lived through and and you know i certainly saw the remnants of how it shaped their behaviors uh, or if we look at, you know, World War Two, uh, you know, we look at a, a modern European city now, but back then, it maybe was a pile of rubble, you know. Um, and and it's, it's one thing to see it uh, in, in a newsreel or to, you know, to read about it. But I think it's entirely another thing to live it. Uh, and, and we are living this, you know, we are uh, writing history right now. And uh, I've often wondered, uh, well, I guess it's no secret why my grandparents' generation is called the greatest generation, uh, because what they did and how they responded to an extraordinary set of circumstance. But I don't think that anybody would have asked for it. I don't think anybody in their generation would have wished for a Dust Bowl. Uh, of course, I'm from the Midwest. That's a, that was a big deal here. Uh, I don't think anybody would have wished for the Great Depression. And I don't think anybody would have wished for a World War but that generation endured all those things and the way they did so is what has made them the greatest generation. And, uh, your listeners are hearing this first, by the way, I'm going to post this on Facebook later, but <laughs> I think this is our opportunity right now. Nobody wanted COVID-19. Nobody wants this situation. Uh, but you don't get to, you don't get to choose it. You don't get to pick it. You know, you don't get to wish it away. And so the way that we respond to this and the way that we act, uh, will define our generation for history. And I think that if we handle this with uh, the guidance that we've learned from uh, the greatest generation, if we handle this with grace and integrity and dignity, maybe, if we're lucky, we could be the second greatest generation.
1: For sure. Yeah, and I put out a tweet, actually. um I put out a tweet last week or so, and it said, you know, tough times are inevitable in in business and in life. And it's how you compose yourself and what you do with your time and how you handle that situation that, you know, defines who you are and, and the outcome. Um, and that's what I've been saying time after time on all these podcasts and, and stuff like that. I mean, that's the reason I started this podcast is because I know all these DJs have a little more time on their hands and they're, you know, sitting at home, everyone in the event industry and even outside of that as well. Cause we do have podcasts geared towards just website SEO and general marketing and branding and stuff. And, um, it, I think it's a huge and important to take advantage of some of this time, um, at the very least, the six hours you were going to be at an event this weekend and, you know, learn, watch, watch the educational content that's out there, listen to podcasts, listen to YouTube videos. I mean, I I'll get off this podcast and I'll go probably, you know, work on something else while listening to somebody else's podcast to try and learn, you know, and that's what it's all about. And it's, I think it's huge to take advantage of this time. And it's, you know, in a, in a non-twisted way, it's, you know, I'm grateful for this opportunity because otherwise we were just going right into busy season. So it gives me some time to catch up and, and, uh, you know, work on some things that I haven't been able to. So
0: I think you're, uh, I think you're right on the money and you, uh, I mean this in the most sincere way, this, this is not intended to be any, in any way, patronizing at all, because you are, you're a pretty young guy and, and I started, you know, really young too. And so that's why I mean this in the most sincere way. You continue to impress me, you know, you just, (laughs) I appreciate that. No, I mean that absolutely. You're, you're mature and, and, you know, poised and,
1: and, uh, you know, so kudos to you, so. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. So to get back into audio, we talked about the importance of audio, obviously in in streaming and today's day. Um, what about the importance of audio before, you know, before March and then uh, moving forward as well. So at actual events, obviously you have experience with touring. You touched upon that a little bit, but even DJs that are doing maybe weddings um, and, and ceremonies, uh, that kind of thing with wireless mics, you know, what's your take on having, quality audio no mic dropouts you know everything like that to service their clients
0: well I think it's important and and there's a lot of disagreement in the industry about you know where that line is of course uh, you know and, and certainly there are diminishing returns but uh, there are a lot of DJs using uh, you know pretty uh, I would say substandard stuff too you know uh, there's a there's a wide range and I think the way that I would put it is it's an individual choice every DJ chooses is you know, what they feel is appropriate. But like we talked about earlier, the quality of the audio is going to impact the overall result. So if you're a fantastic DJ and a great MC, but your audio is garbage, the end product is compromised. You're no longer as great of an MC as you could have been. You're no longer as great of a DJ as you could have been simply because the audience struggled with the, the audio that they received. Um, another way that we could put this is that, um, A a poor craftsman with great tools is still a poor craftsman, and a great craftsman with poor tools is still a great craftsman, but a great craftsman wouldn't use poor tools.
1: Very true. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt the podcast real quick. Just wanted to make sure you guys are following us on Instagram at re underscore and underscore friends. So you could stay up to date with all our newest episodes as well as watch our Instagram stories to see who's coming up next. But yeah, I was saying, you know... um you have these, these DJs, these phenomenal DJs that are awesome at what they do and they're streaming through a speaker and an iPhone, you know, and then you have, um, these maybe not so good DJs that are streaming with this crazy OBS setup and seven, you know, cameras and, and all this crazy audio and stuff like that. And it's, you know, ties right back into that as well as, as, you know, you could have all the nice fancy gear. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're very good at what you do.
0: <laughs> no, you're you're 100% right and the same onus is on every part of the industry. In fact, uh I was again through the educational things that I do for the industry, uh, uh, I love sharing that passion and I was very lucky at a festival to have some friends, uh some people that I was mentoring come and stay at the festival, which is always neat, you know, because we're, you know, we're we're living on site uh, in in, you know, RVs and tour buses and and we're there for a couple of days and it's kind of like a summer camp with lots of work and lots of sound. Uh, and uh, anyway, I had this uh, kind of young, you know, uh, younger person I was mentoring uh, and they're standing back in front of house, you know, with thousands of people between me and the stage and and we're looking at, you know, a, an awesome, you know, Digico console and a great PA on the stage. And, and uh, you know, the kid kind of was, uh, I say kid, I'm sorry, but this, this young man was kind of taking this in. And I said, "Yeah, we got a million dollars of hardware here." I said, "So if it doesn't sound good, it's my fault." You know, like there's, <laughs> there's nobody to blame but me at this point. You know,
1: yeah. And that's you know, just a quick side note too, and more so on the the DJ side too. In terms of having good audio, I mean, you could purchase amazing, amazing speakers that sound phenomenal. But if you're still ripping your music off YouTube and you're not getting it from a quality DJ pool, it's not going to oh, sound. you're absolutely right. Too. And you
0: know, we we've had that discussion when we talk about uh, you know uh, bit rate and that sort of thing, and, and you know what whether you're using lossless files or or not. And one loudspeaker manufacturer uh, basically said, you know for most of these DJs with where they're getting their music, it doesn't matter, you know, don't, don't, don't bother mm-hmm. buying a $10,000 set of speakers. If you're using, uh, you know, heavily compressed files, you're absolutely right. So it, it, it is all part right. and parcel, every right. step of the chain, you know, if at any point you have that weak link, uh, therein
1: lies your problem. Definitely. Even, uh, and, and people obviously usually look at the more expensive stuff, speakers, uh, microphones, everything like that, but it, it comes down to cables too, and your power lines. Um, to prevent, you know, noise in your system as well. Absolutely.
0: Uh and like I said, every step and and uh that doesn't mean that one compromised piece of gear justifies another either. For example, we're streaming and we know that we're relying on compressed audio, yet you and I are both mm-hmm. using professional mics and professional interfaces. So, uh if we were to use you know, worse stuff, the result is not going to be better or even the same. You know, it's you you start right. it starts to kind of pile on at that point, you know. Right, right. Uh, you know, in fact, sure. uh, you know, I can I can make a live sound analogy here. Uh, I have a friend who does a lot of uh, like you know uh, rock club kind of thing where he's got smaller venues. Uh, you know, the the lead singer's back is basically touching the drum set. You know, they're really jammed <laughs> in on the stage, and you know, it's a packed environment. And, right. and, uh, you know, and, and he looks at what I do in arenas and things. And he's like, Oh, I couldn't do that. I couldn't handle the, the stress and this and that. And I said, are you kidding me? I said, it's so much easier for me. I've got a 60 foot wide stage, you know, it's 40 feet deep and I've got, you know, some of the you know best musicians in the world using the best gear in the world. They know how to play their instruments. They know how to sing. You know, I said, right. I said, no, are you kidding me? My job is way easier. You know, <laughs> I, yeah, and and I mean this in the most uh, you know loving way because I I love occasionally doing local stuff where I've got you know some of our local bands, uh, you know the the I don't want to call them garage bands but you know what I mean, right? And and
1: uh,
0: I do struggle
1: you know because it isn't it isn't what I'm used to you know. It's hard too. And then they ask you to put more talent in their monitor and it's not <laughs> yeah, something you know, that's- I don't have the heart to
0: say, dude, you just can't <laughs> sing, you know, uh,
1: but it's, it, it reminds
0: me of how lucky I am to work with the people that I usually get to work with. Uh, and at the same time, I do, I do get the joy. You know, I love watching these musicians faces when they do have good monitors and they have a good PA. I mean, right. You know, they just, they're having the time of their lives. And I think that's, I really enjoy that part of it, but, but you're right. It's right. And- every part matters.
1: Yeah. And it it ties together too. Like, I mean, I, I've done live sound as well. It's actually kind of more how I got started in this industry. Um, And I've taken more of a liking to production and and live sound than DJing. Um, You'll make more money DJing by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's, yeah, it's tough. Unless like you said too, you, you end up on a tour or something like that. Um, The small local stuff is, yeah, is peanuts compared to um, some of the other events, but like you were, you're mentioning about, you know, being a challenge sometimes. I mean, I've worked with nothing close to the artists you've worked with, but just when you work with talented people, Compared to not so talented people, uh, it does make our our lives a lot harder. But to tie it into DJing too, it's it's like doing a wedding, a, a daytime wedding on a Sunday where no one's got alcohol and no one's got you know wants to dance, uh, and you're like pulling teeth versus you know a Friday night wedding uh, or like a Fourth of July wedding where everyone's partying and they're all you know it's easy to make them drunk too, and and that's one of those you know things. It's like a similar analogy where some, some jobs are going to be easier than others. And, um, when you work with those, you know, artists that, that they know how to, you know, proximity themselves to the mic and adjust their volume when they sing louder and you're, you you do not have to ride the faders and everything like that, you know, it's a lot, a lot easier for sure. So
0: at the same time, a little bit, at the same time, that yeah. comes with a level of expectation too, you know? Uh, right. I mean, if, you know, if you're a $10,000 a night DJ, you better be good. You know, and so if, if you're the guy standing behind the board and it's a Grammy winner on stage, you had better not suck.
1: (laughs) Very true. So speaking a little bit about mics and, um, more so for, I guess the DJ side of things, but wireless mics, the importance of using them, um, for ceremonies and having good quality wireless mics that, you know, aren't going to drop out getting ones uh, with larger antennas or paddles. I've I've seen some very impressive ceremony rigs out there that are probably a little overkill for ceremonies in some (laughs) cases. Um, but you know, I've also seen people that are running like a $40 mic off Amazon Mm. for a ceremony and wondering why it's cutting out. And, you know, grandma just missed the most important part of the wedding as well. Um, so what's your, your take on that? What do you see people kind of buying the most of in terms of that? Do you, you have people coming to you asking for advice on that?
0: Oh, all the time. And I think because people know, you know, I've, I've coordinated the radio frequency for uh, the last eight college football national championship games and, and numerous tours. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm pretty battle hardened when it comes to RF. But one of the things I just cringe about the most is when people say to me, well, it's just a ceremony, well, what do you think the whole day is about? It's not about your time right. on stage. It, you know, it's not about your time spinning. I mean, that is certainly an important part, but the whole point of the wedding is the wedding, you know, The ceremony. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you know, for crying out loud to some people, believe it or not, that is the most important part, not your set later. So, you know, I think it's disrespectful to the client to say, well, it's just the ceremony,
1: you know, it's like it's. And on top of that, I mean, for, for us as working the audio, yeah, it might just be that Hour of your time, and then it cuts out a few times, and you're like done, and you get to walk away from it. But you know, the videographers recorded that using your mic, most likely, mm-hmm. and that's in their wedding video now, you know, or they couldn't even use it, and that kind of thing, too. So it, it goes way beyond just the 45 minutes that you're there,
0: <laughs> yeah. That's the permanent record, exactly. You know, I mean, that is the permanent record. So, um, you know, with all things wireless, um. You know, well, with all things, usually the more you spend, the, the better equipment you get. That's that's a pretty tough rule to break usually, and I think for a lot of people, they say, "Well, why is this wireless mic more expensive than this one?" And
1: it really comes down and to. Sorry to cut you yeah, off, but it's also knowing how to use that equipment and properly deploy it because you could have really expensive equipment and not know what you're well, doing. Oh yeah, that goes back to what you like we were really saying earlier. Equipment. Exactly. <laughs>
0: you know, you, you know, I I could take a novice sound guy and put him in front of a Digico console, and 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 he's yeah. not going to be yeah. good. You know. Um but um, you know, the quality of the components, the internal filters, uh, there's things like you know IF right. filters, uh, you know, tracking filters that that you know monitor you know front end load on the RF, and we can get some really nerdy reasons. Uh, channel count, how many systems you can run simultaneously, uh, whether or not the system has the ability to change transmit power, which can be important. Sometimes more transmit power is not good. Uh, sometimes it is outdoors, you know, you kind of want more power, but there's things like RF Intermod, which is uh, RF harmonics. And that is mm-hmm. uh, a pro- that is a product of two things, the proximity of the devices to each other and the power. So power can also, you know, less power can be better. Um, and, and, and of course the correct answer to every engineering question is it depends, but, um, uh, I, I find that most of my customers uh, are buying what I would call like a mid-tier pro, you know, or, or you know, something in that five $600 range for wireless. For a mic, yep. yeah. Yeah, and, and that's where I think you should be if you're a DJ. Uh, you know, certainly spending more is good, uh, but you don't necessarily have to. I, I'm not, you know, saying, uh, you know, you have to go spend uh, more because you can get a really solid wireless in that range. Uh, but it does depend on kind of what you want to do and what you want to accomplish and what your threshold for for pain is, you know, how much tolerance you have to poor results. Um, right. I had a uh, a guy who contacted me this week and he said his budget's $150. And, and I totally respect that. Again, my career started making lights out of coffee cans. So I get not having any money for gear. I get that. But I, I just told him, I said, you know what? Just don't. Just wait. Save your money. Don't yeah. waste the $150 you have because that's, that's what I think you're going to do. Uh, save up and let's get something you know in the four or five hundred dollar range, and you're gonna have better results. Now, I hear from people all the time that say, "Well, I've got a two hundred dollar mic and it works fine, and I am happy for you, and I hope it continues to work fine." But that's a little bit like, uh, particularly in today's RF environment, that's a little bit like playing in traffic and not getting hit by a car. You know, it it doesn't mean that it's a good idea. You know, trouble still lurks around the corner. <laughs> Right. And and to the to the inverse of that, and, and and I love by the way when DJs say, "Well, I don't need a touring grade mic. I don't need to you know spend five hundred dollars on a touring grade mic." I say, "Well, good because five hundred dollars won't get you a touring grade mic." <laughs> I was going to say that's not a touring. grade <laughs> you, you need grade to mic. spend about eight to twelve thousand dollars per mic to get a touring grade mic if that's what you want to do. But
1: <laughs> but again,
0: a DJ doesn't need to do that. Uh, but even if right. if you came to me, Brandon, and you said, "Ben, money's no object. I will spend any amount of money as long as you can promise me I'll never have a dropout." I would say I can't do
1: that I, in, in good right. faith and in good conscience. It's technology. No, nah, it's yeah, it's everything.
0: <laughs> we are the bottom <laughs> you know, of we, the there's,
1: food chain. Yeah, and, there's yeah. products, the great products too, that are just faulty out of the box too. I mean, it's just, you know, that it happens. It's technology. It does.
0: And certainly it happens less again, the more, you know, I mean, if you have right. like an accident digital, you know, that's, uh, you know, using predictive, uh, you know, analysis and, 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 I mean, you're going to have a lot less problems than if you have a, Non-frequency agile forty-dollar wireless. You know that's that's a fact. But to say that nothing can ever have a dropout is not true.
1: Right. Uh, and in Definitely. fact, so know, I know where. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was, no, I was say, just yeah. Go ahead. You, yeah. Finish that thought up. <laughs> I was
0: going to say that you know having done eight college football national championships and and I, I like to say that I'm eight and zero. You know I, I'm undefeated because I've I've gone <laughs> through eight years without issues. Every year I say, I say to myself I said I'm not doing this again. I, you know, I'm never doing this again uh, Mm -hmm. because I know that sooner or later, no matter how good I am or how much preparation I do, or, you know, I mean, at some point I'm going to lose, you know? And so I kind of feel like I, you know, I kind of want to end on a high note and say, well, I'm undefeated and that's it. I'm not doing anymore. But at the same time, you know, guys like us, you and me, and and a lot of our listeners probably, I mean, we are the guy that wants the ball when it's, you know, fourth and one, you know, Uh, put me in coach because we want to be the guy to, you know to rise to that challenge. So I said I was going to stop doing it after five, and obviously I haven't. So <laughs> guess right. I'm a glutton for punishment.
1: And it you know it it all ties back together too, just to like that that having expectations thing too. Um, and I know we're getting short on time here, but one other thing I brought up in one of the other episodes was uh like photo booth printers are, you know, a pain in the butt. Like they just they they always have issues. It doesn't matter, you know, you buy the industry standard, the nice one, whatever, they're always gonna have issues, whether it's connectivity or the printer media got cold in the car or whatever it is. And you know, that's one of those things where um everyone's like, Oh, I could just get into photo booths really cheap and it's it's easy for me to send a kid with the photo booth, and it is until something goes wrong and they don't know how to troubleshoot it. But that's a story for another. A day um but you know it comes down to having expectations too like when i send my guys out with a photo booth honestly i expect the printer to stop working at some point so when i when they get through a whole job and there's no phone calls that it's not working like that's a pleasant surprise you know and that's a lot easier to handle than sending six backups and like thinking or expecting them to you know and then like that you know everything's going to be okay because we brought that you know so it's definitely an interesting um, thing. And then just to talk about, you know, purchasing more expensive equipment, like you were saying to that one guy to hold off too. I mean, if it, if there's one thing I learned, it's, you know, buy once, cry once, and, you know, invest in good gear, and you just, you won't regret it. And on top of that, once you do invest in good gear, um, and if you ever think about selling it, because I know a lot of people are thinking about selling gear right now, too, to get, you know, more cash flow and stuff. Um, it's is really think about if you will ever use it again. I mean, I I used to have a a nicer recording mic for for podcasts and stuff. I used to have studio monitors at my house and you know, I got rid of that stuff cuz I was like, I don't need this. I have a line array, you know. But it's like yeah. Then now I'm like, oh, I wish I had that, you know. So it's um, you did you you got the of, uh, you know, the industry standard. Once, I think, and once. And even we were just I just ordered the podcast mic from you, and you know you gave me the two options of the the recording mic, and one was obviously more budget friendly, and one was a little bit more. And I said, I'll I'll take the better one. <laughs> I was like, you know what, I just I just want the industry standard. I want the more expensive one. I just I'd rather just do it right, you know. So very important. Well, is there anything else you wanted to leave our listeners with before we hop off here? there is. Uh, I want to, I want to follow up on what you
0: just were talking about with uh, failure of equipment and that sort of thing. And I think this is a great future topic, uh, but I'll, I'll just kind of give the uh, Reader's Digest version to say that, uh, like you said, failure is inevitable at some point and we should be prepared for that. We should have a plan and hope is not a plan. Right. Yeah. Have, have some backup gear,
1: have, have a, you know, have a contingency, uh, you know, failure is always an option. <laughs> right. But well, even like I know here in New York City, um, anytime we go into New York City with wireless mics, any company really, um, we we bring wired ones because New York City is just insane for frequencies. I mean, there's been times where we've gone with axioms and can't find an open frequency. And, you know, it takes like two hours to scan for a frequency and find something that's open. And, and you know, um, we've had some where we've brought in, lower level mics and they just we can't find anything and it's like having like you said that backup or just that that wired mic even just djs you know if you have one wireless mic in your controller that's great but if that stops working or cuts out or someone you know like you you should just have a wired one to plug in or, or something that's that's a backup for sure and to the same extent obviously you can't have a backup for everything and then there's the argument well what if my backup fails well, it's like you know, I don't and know, you're having, like, a, really you're, really you're just having a really bad day, <laughs> So, I mean, there's awesome. levels of reasonability
0: here. We're not putting people on the moon, you know. I mean, <laughs> just go, you know, gosh, I mean, I mean, so the first year I did the national championship game, I'll be honest, I was uh, I was nervous, uh, yeah. and I think that was probably smart to be nervous. Uh, yeah. I, I was seeing you know, diagrams of the stadium in my sleep at night, you know, because I had studied it so much, uh, you know, I was just that nervous about it. Now right. it's become kind of routine. You know, it's almost a little, <laughs> bo- a little boring. I'll say boring, but there's still moments of sheer terror, of course. Yeah. Uh, but somebody asked me how I prepared for that. And I said, well, I said, um, I made a plan A and I made a plan C and they started plan A and a plan B. And they said, oh, right. okay. And I said, well, I made, I made plan A in a way that plan A could not fail. I said, and then right. I made plan B as if plan A was sure to fail. Right. And they said, they said, what's plan C? I said, there is no plan C. At that, yeah. at that point, you know, you're in uncharted territory. Well, you know? We were just
1: we were on a, a Facebook or a YouTube live thing the other night with like Bar and, and Rick and a bunch of them. And one of the guys was saying, uh, we were talking about like equipment failures and stuff. And one of the guys goes, yeah, my, my worst equipment failure was uh, one gig. I had both my speakers blow. And we all looked at him. We were like, "Hate to break it to you, but that's not an equipment failure. That's a user error." <laughs> yeah, something, something environmental. You don't just blow happened. two speakers at, at this, you know, without uh, without overloading them. But awesome. So, real quick, before we get offline, if anyone listening wants to get in touch with you or NLFX, where's the best place to do so? And I'll put links down below as well. But where can they reach out to you? Uh, well, awesome. I hope they do. I'd, I'd love to, uh,
0: love to help people. So, uh, you can find me on Facebook, of course. Uh, I'm the nerdiest looking Ben still you'll find, but you can put a link to my profile. Uh, I am maxed out on the number of friends I can have. So you, unfortunately you can't friend me, but you can message me. Email <laughs> is go. email is a great way to reach me. Uh, my email is just Ben at NLFX uh, enough.
1: Yeah.
0: And there, yeah. And that's, those are probably the best too. There's a lot of other ways you can find me, but, uh, let's, let's start there. So
1: <laughs> cool. Sounds good. So there's my timer. Saying we're gonna wrap up. Up. <laughs> I'm going to, uh, yeah, I'm going to um, put links to all those down below. So if you guys want to get in touch with him, read the description of this podcast, Ben, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, Brandon. Keep doing great stuff. Thank you. And thank you guys for listening to this episode.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the RE and Friends podcast. We truly hope that we were able to bring value. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with your friends. It would mean the world to us. Also, make sure to stay tuned for the next
1: Red Max Events audio experience.